We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. E. Welcome to the Principal PLN podcast. This is season two, episode three. We are really excited to be talking um, and basically continuing the conversation on the first staff meeting of the year. In the previous podcast, we talked a little bit about uh, breaking the ice and how important that is, whether it's your first or your 15th staff meeting of the year. Uh, today, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the nuts and bolts and the specifics of what you should go over, what you could go over, and also how to utilize technology to maybe do some things differently want to uh, thank everybody for listening. Uh, the Principal PLN is um, a new podcast that is a continuation of the Principal Cast podcast. Uh, we can be found on principalpln.com or on Twitter principal, at Principal PLN. If you ever want to connect with us, give us ideas, uh, connections, or maybe ideas for future, you can always uh, utilize the hashtag PrincipalPLN to connect with us. The Principal PLN is dedicated to leaders and aspiring leaders to uh, become more effective and share different ideas in order to meet the demands of the 21st century. I want to um, thank everybody again for listening. My name is Spike Cook. This is also co-hosted by Teresa Stagger and Jessica Johnson. So, Teresa, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I, uh, I, Jessica is not with us today. For those of you who are, if you're listening to these back-to-back and you're wondering why uh, she's doing uh, principal interviews, if you're wondering why she's still doing principal interviews, it's because we've recorded these shows back-to-back. So... <laughs> So she's probably still on her way to principal interviews, <laughs> but um, we figured we could we could get a couple shows out for you guys, and that way we'll we'll especially with the staff meetings because I feel like this is a timely thing, and we're we're trying this season to get ahead 
um, instead of talking about what we've done, talking about what we're prepping for, so that if you are a first-year administrator, you're not hearing about what's happening at the tail end of it already happening. Um, so, so we're hoping to, to get these two episodes out, but we wanted to keep them short so that you could listen to them in small doses. So uh, we're getting the, the staff meeting stuff out so that next week we can get into the, the nitty-gritty of the school year and that we're up ahead of, of what's coming. So I'm, I'm doing great. Um, I did want to share with Spike and I, Spike spoke at, during the last um, episode about a book that we'd all been reading called The Miracle Morning. And we have a, a Voxer group happening. It's kind of a support group. We're trying really hard to start breaking our um, habits of, or our love of sleep, whatever you want to call it. I don't call it a habit. I just love to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like it's the only time of the day I'm actually in control. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> you know, it, just, it feels really good to sleep. So, um, you know, it's 30, we spoke about this earlier, but, you know, 34 years of, of loving to sleep is a hard thing to break. And my biggest issue is just physically getting out of bed. And I've tried the, you know, alarm clock across the room. I just shut it off and go back in my bed because it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that difficult. So I, I'm, I've tried it all. It doesn't work. The only thing I haven't tried for me is one of those lights, you know, that oh, right. it gets lighter. That was kind of helpful. The one thing that kind of helped, but I still ended up sleeping through it most of the time, was one of those alarm clocks that it gets louder and a higher frequency the longer it's going off. Oh, like a Zen alarm clock yeah. or something? Yeah, so it kind of, like, it starts to stir, you know, and then you'll, and then it gets, because some people, what I learned when I was in college, I was sleeping through my alarm all the time, and and I'm not a really heavy sleeper. But some people become, and this is probably the mus the musician in me, but some of, some people can't hear or during certain stages of sleep can't be awoken to certain frequencies or volumes. Okay. If you are one of those people where you're struggling with being able to wake up to your alarm clock, you can get one of these that gets louder and the frequency gets higher so that it starts, it's a very different sound, and then one of them will cue you know, your subconscious to wake you up. So hmm. I did that for a while. It worked, but it I didn't like it because it, it was, by the time I got to it, it was too high and it was loud. And now that we have the kids in the house, it's horrible. So I've been getting this. Um, I have this this watch. If you're watching, you can see it. If you're listening, it's called a, it's a Pebble. It was actually a Kickstarter a while ago. It's a smart watch. And it works with your iPhone or your Android. It's like 150 bucks, And it has little apps on it. You can change the watch faces, which me being Spike and I were just talking about colors before this, but yeah, it it allows me to kind of play with my, you know, one of my teachers asked me the other day why I let somebody scribble on my watch, but it, you know, right. it's for me to look at, so I enjoy it. But what it does is there's an alarm. There are two, and one of them is a program, and it sets. Um, so you wear the watch when you sleep, and um, it sends you, like, through the day, you can get alerts. Anything that's pushed onto your phone pushes onto your watch as long as you're within Bluetooth range. So it can vibrate during the day, but you set it on Do Not Disturb. And at night, you can set it for, like, a half an hour time frame that says, you know, I want to wake up between 6 o'clock and 6.30. And it measures your movements while you're sleeping and finds the best time to wake you up within that time frame. And then no it way. wake you up. It's awesome. The other one is you can set the – oh, and then within that, you can set the – snooze frequency and that's been the big thing 
because I set the snooze frequency at three minutes, so it just ticks me off if I don't get up. Right. Because a nine-minute snooze frequency, I can get a ton of sleep in nine minutes. You know, <laughs> like the iPhone snooze nine minutes that doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't annoy me whatsoever for until right. like an hour and a half. But <laughs> you know, now I'm like, okay, this is old. But at, every three minutes, it just ticks you off, and it's it's been really helping get me up. So wow. if that's something that you struggle with and you don't mind something being on your body while you sleep, um, it's it was a huge help. And then it's a watch because I don't have a watch that I, I wear every day. So yeah. I'm a huge fan of it. I'm sure there's more to, to it as well, right? Like there's probably like all different kinds of stuff oh, that you gosh. can have, like you can steps. And, oh, yeah. yeah. You can do your steps. You can check in. Calories. You can read your news. I mean, there's, you know, there's a ton of other stuff you can do with it. But... You know, it it costs you one hundred and fifty dollars for one of those. Um, what is it? I had before, the Nike. Um, what are those bands? Like the Fit band. You know, any of those. Those will cost you the same amount of money. And you know, this one. The only thing that kind of bumps me out with the steps is that you have to be on the step counter for it to be counting. So that oh, okay. app that you're using, but they have ones where the step counter is on there and it's got a clock on the top or whatever. So it, but it's really fun and I'm a tech nerd, so I enjoy it. But um, you know, just just another tool for those of you who might be struggling to get up in the morning. You know what I want to, um, and I know that they're getting closer to this and stuff. Like I, I, I will probably be the kind of person who, um, you know. It, wearing something like that and have it like with my calories and exercise and yeah. sleep and all this kind of stuff like basically I just need it to run my life right <laughs> yeah. okay so because um, I can't make good choices you right. know like I want to lose weight but then I eat food that I shouldn't be eating or I don't I'll exercise enough for my you know so I feel like in the future <clears throat> like it'll tell your biorhythms and your you know what? What arthritis level you have? You know, because I'm getting older now, and uh, things are cricking around. You know, so then it could be like, well, you, you know, this is what you need to eat. This is what I need. This, this is what you need to eat today, right? Right. And you need to take these vitamins, and you need to do this, and then, you know, I know you want to get up. I, I want it to interface with me too. Like I want it to be like, I know you want to sleep in tomorrow, but um, we've checked everything, and you're fine. <laughs> You can get up at five. Um, make lastly, you're getting exactly that. That's what I need, and I feel like we're at the beginning stages of that. And you know, a lot you watch a lot of those futuristic films, and you know, it, it does seem like that. You know, that something will interact with you like that. I, for me, and I, and I, I just like bring it on because I can't make I know. those decisions. There's an app I heard about. I, I listened to a podcast. I'm a huge app junkie on my phones because I feel like these they're so much more than just making phone. In fact, I rarely use mine for making a phone call. But um, <laughs> there's there's so many things that you can do with it and that you can use it for. So why wouldn't you? Right. But there's an app I listened to. It's called i5 for the iPhone, and it's um it's on the uh, Twit Twit network. Uh, it's like a 10-minute, and they give you five tips for your iPhone every week. And a couple weeks ago, they had done an app that is kind of like what you're talking about for the food part. Like you put in your, you know, what you like to eat, things that you don't like to eat, any allergies that you have, the amount of calories you're looking to bring in during the day, the amount of activity that you do, things like that. And then when you get hungry, 
you go to the app and it tells you what you should eat. Oh, okay. Like to keep you energized or to help you lose weight or whatever. And so it gives you like out of the foods that you've chosen and the things that you like to eat, it gives you, it says that you should have, you know, some chicken and broccoli right now. Or, you know, it's time for a pizza because clearly you need it or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that would mean that's all predicated on you like entering that information because I work with somebody who's trying to help me out with this stuff and he's like, all you got to do is just, you know, log your your food. And I don't. I don't log it. I don't. I'm horrible with it, you know. So I I just – I'm looking for the next generation where it just like scans my body somehow and says <laughs> it just logs know, it for you. It sees just logs it for me and it puts it in the app and you're good. Yeah, that's what I need. I am that bad at it. So I need um, the lazy man's version of that app. Exactly, because then I feel like it could be like also a little coach and it will yeah. you know make me um, you know more productive and stuff. But. Uh, yeah, it's it's and then I also I've read a lot about this too like where you, you know like in the future when you're looking at um you know going to the doctor and stuff and like I hate getting my blood taken and all that kind of stuff Blech. Yeah. um that they could just like they'll just scan you and they'll can, they can tell you what you need. That would be amazing. <laughs> That's what That would I mean. be amazing. <laughs> I can't I, even <laughs> I can't even I, start. Oh. I can't deal with the blood take because I have like cholesterol issues, oh, you know, and yeah. like every six months I got to go and get my blood drawn and then I don't go on the medicine and then he's like, well, you know, your cholesterol isn't going down and I'm just like, <laughs> like I don't know why. <laughs> I'm doing nothing that you told me to do. Doing nothing. and you know, shock. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I like I said, I think this is the beginning of it um, and, I, and I'm and i excited for, for how that, that goes. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I will be first in line for that. Yeah. Oh. So, um, so when we look at our, um, you know, our first staff meeting, um, one of the things that Jessica had uh, suggested that we talk about, and I, I just pulled it up here. I'm going to read it by our friend uh, Todd Whitaker. It's called "Passing the Buck Down the Line" poem, and it's found at Todd Whitaker's uh, "What Great Teachers Do Differently." Okay. Um, so I'm just going to read this, and then we'll we'll certainly be able to to talk about it when we we think about you know where we are. Um, Said the college professor, such rawness in the student is a shame. Lack of preparation in high school is to blame. Said the high school teacher, good heaven, that boy's a fool. The fault, of course, is with junior high school. The junior high teacher noted, it's so hopeless and sad. Thanks to those elementary clowns, they can't subtract or add. The grammar school teacher said, from such stupidity may I be spared. They sent him up to me so unprepared. The primary teacher huffed, kindergarten blockheads all. They call that preparation? Why? It's worse than none at all. The kindergarten teacher said, such lack of training never did I see. What kind of parents must those kids' parents be? This responsibility to teach is something that we all share, but somehow the grass is always greener over there. So rather than hand down those grumbles and groans, let's remember about the glass houses and the throwing of stones. The answer, of course, is not chance or luck but what we do in our own classes. So let's not pass the buck. Wow. That's our boy Todd, and I guess he had adapted that too, but uh, 
Yeah, so I saw that, and I'm thinking, okay, so after we've broken the ice and we talk about, you know. <laughs> after we've broken the ice, we're like, it's you. Okay. <laughs> Worry about yeah, what we Don't blame the person before you. This is Yeah, this. and that's and, – and, and isn't that something that we all do? You oh, know? sure. Absolutely. Oh, that's – it's, it's, this is the first I've heard it. I didn't look at it, and I was I was reading it the first time along with you. That's that's pretty powerful, and it's it's. Comp I've worked in high school, and I've worked in the elementary school, and I've had you know I don't because I'm not teaching, and I wasn't teaching in a grade level classroom. Mm -hmm. I have all the kids, and so I can see the progression of where it comes. And you hear that, you hear that. Right. Well, you know what? Those second grade teachers didn't get as far as they needed to, and so now we're behind, and they don't know how to do X Y Z and blah blah blah. But it doesn't. It doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't. I mean, it, it does, like in a you know global sense. I'm sure, and there's there's a lot of things that I'm sure people could take apart, you know, with that. But I think when you're looking at your kids that come in, um, you know, they're they're all where they are, and there's really nothing that you can do. That's right. You can't so. change the past. You can't change it. You know, can we improve things? Can we do things a little bit differently? You know, of course, can we maximize time in other areas? Um, you know, and, and I've always said that too. Like, I've always said it, like, even from the reverse. Like, sometimes I think, like, you know, what kids are we sending to middle school? Like, we're going to wear a K to five, you know, yeah. and I want to make sure that we're sending kids, you know, better prepared sure. you know, than they are. So I don't, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, you you look at this and you're like, well, you know, hey, we, we are, I mean, if you want to think about it, like, we are part of the problem. No question. No, no question. question. Yeah, I mean, we all, you're right, we all do it. And it's, I mean, I think it's human nature to say, you know, this is what it is. But you have to take every class, however you get them, and you have to move on from here. That's that's all it is. There's no, and, and from, from that point on, it's all you. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what happened. It just doesn't. You can't change the past. It doesn't matter. It's not worth going back and and arguing about it, being upset about it. You just have to go from where they are and move forward. Yeah. So when when you um developed your agenda for your first half and you got past the um you know the um the icebreaker and stuff. What what kind of things did you like like what did you put on the agenda? What was what was high priority? My first staff meeting agenda um, for high priority was meeting the new staff members, making sure that everyone knew what the grade level changes were. And I understand that you have a lot of that too, because you mm -hmm. had a lot of people moving around. Mm -hmm. So that was a big part of it, was making sure people understood where they were and where the new roles were and then setting up the mentor groups making sure that the new staff understood that they were well taken care of by whoever was working with them um, setting up their PLNs and I had last year our PLNs were pre-k through one two to four and then our middle school is five to eight okay so those were our three groups and um, we did it that way because at the time when we had gotten our standardized test scores back, we found that our, our lower grades were really behind in vocabulary. Not behind, but that was one of their lower scores. So okay. they really wanted to focus on vocabulary. So we broke it up pre-K through one because we figured they would have the most similar um, activities, 
more, you know, they're working with a more similar group of kids and then mm -hmm. two through four. But then this year when we talked about it, the teachers had decided that it was just too small because we only have one class for each grade level. So, you know, there's three people in each group. They felt that it would be better set to do pre-K through three mm -hmm. and then four through eight. And so we said, that's fine. It was really just talking about what we did last year and how we're going to change things, how we're going to make it work better um, for us because we did it for what we thought made the most sense last year. Right. With a small school, we can do that. You know, if I had 40 teachers in my building, which I did when I was teaching, I don't know if that kind of a format makes the most sense. But we broke it up. We, you know, we did all the new things. And then I just, I went really quickly over... Um, you know, any new schedule changes, we moved our staff meeting date, um, day of the week. Um, we have a new website system explaining why we changed email address, email addresses this year. Like just, just the things that were really big changes that I felt I needed to address as an entire group. Okay. And then the rest of it, of course, after the icebreaker and after the beginning, you know, what did you do over the summer, getting everybody back together. Then I let them go, and the middle schoolers worked on adjusting their special schedule, and their um, they wanted our English teacher was teaching fifth grade English, and our sixth grade teacher was teaching eighth grade lit, but she teaches science for most of the group, so they wanted to switch that so that the lit teacher had eighth grade lit, which makes sense. That mm -hmm. part of the schedule was done before I got there, so I had no, no control over it last year, but I said we can right. definitely change it this year. So they were sent to do that, and then the new teachers were sent with their mentors, and then we had um, a tricky class that just had a lot of accommodations that needed to be discussed between the two teachers. So it worked out well that those two teachers didn't have, you know, they weren't a part of the middle school, they weren't a part of any of the mentor groups, so they went and worked on their own. And then, you know, I said, just do what you need to do, write down what you did, and then the rest of the time is yours. That's good. Yeah, you know, I I think um, the way that I'm approaching it is, of course, like, you know, what you know, what are the most important things that that we need to to focus on this year? So I, I'm giving myself 45 minutes. That's, that's really not, that's but it's you know in a sense it's really not a lot of time. So it really takes it down to okay. So what's the you know what's the most important thing? So what I what I tried to do over the summer was to front load the year as much as possible. So for instance, we're not going to have to spend time planning out uh, events and staff meetings and all that kind of stuff. I sent out probably 50 calendar invites over the summer. Yeah, and and because we use, you know, for better or worse, we use Microsoft Office. So it's, um, you know, just sending out the calendar invites. They get it to their email. They can accept it, decline it, or, you know, whatever they want to do with it. Um, so all those things are in there, and I actually went through, and it's like I already know on, you know, on September 18th we're going to have a staff meeting about this, and October 4th the the theme is. I don't have all the agendas done, but I at least have the the progression done. And then um, we had a meeting uh, earlier this week. It was a voluntary thing; anyone could come in if they want to. It was great, well attended. I would say probably by 15 or 20 uh, staff members came, and we actually pl just put posters up. Uh, across the um, you know the room that we were in and just went through month by month what are some of the activities that are going on so then I took that information put those into the calendars and sent those out so a lot of that kind of stuff has already been done um, 
I front loaded a lot like at the end of the year doing the master schedule and all that kind of stuff so um, I just sent out a big email yesterday because uh, I'm not going to be there next week so this is the final you know special schedule um, the RTI basic skills schedule um, there's a couple things that we do wait to work out you know in the beginning of the year such as our special ed and gifted and talented and all that kind of stuff um, we changed all the room numbers and you would think like oh why you know why even do that but the way that it, it had been set up was was kind of silly um, so but I wanted everyone to know what the new what the new room numbers yeah. were and um, the uh, duty schedule uh, because of the arrival and dismissal and um, and then some of the major committees that people had to you know apply to get on so I got all that out and I'm like <laughs> you know I'd rather get it out now than go over all that stuff the first day. Yeah. Now I will go over aspects of that, but what I'm trying to do is front load that so that if there are a lot of questions that come up about a certain thing, then I know between now and then that I can deal with that a little bit more on the first day. Um, but I really want to be able to, to focus more on you know what are academic, uh, you know. Um, culture and climate, you know, uh, social type of things that we're going to focus on this year. That's, and that's really the most important stuff. I mean, the, the last thing that you want to do is sit in a staff meeting and read, you know, read the handbook or anything like, because they're, you're insulting their intelligence. You know, they're, they're going, you, you have to, you have to tell them that you expect that they're going to read it. You know, you expect that any information that you give them, but it's kind of part of that flipped faculty meeting. Um, yes that I, I'm really trying to get into. I tried more at the end of last year to send out as much information ahead of time so that the time that we have in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the staff meetings is collaborative and productive as opposed to just standing and talking because that's not, it's not helpful and nobody enjoys it. Um, I did, I was listening to one of the Brand Ed podcasts with Josie and Filippo and Tony Sinanis and they were talking about um, they were talking about websites and things like that and the teacher websites and how they're updated and they had talked about giving your staff members time to do that and I thought that was a really good idea because last week I just told them at some point during the week they had to update their website but what I'm gonna do this year is on staff meeting days we're gonna start 15 minutes later and I'm going to give them that time to update their website and make any parent phone calls that they need you know That's great. Positive parent phone calls so that they can they have a designated time to do that because the best thing we can give the teachers is time time so yeah I'll send out you know the information that they can just read that you know the upcoming dates things that they need to know and give them that 15 or 20 minutes back and then you know a half an hour of collaboration or whatever it is that we're spending so Here's my question, and, and I'm sure it's one of the things that come up a lot, like even with the flipped uh, model or front-loading, um, is to say, okay, so how do you know they're going to read it, you know, and... You don't. I mean, you don't. You just have to tell them that they're responsible for that information, and then I'm telling you, I had this happen last year, that I had sent out information on the blog because everything goes through my blog and and I can see how many clicks there have been and so you I mean you can kind of you know in a staff of 12 I can kind of figure it out pretty quick but <clears throat> 
it, it happened last year that a couple, there were a couple times, um, it wasn't a couple times, it was a few events that had all happened within a week that one of my teachers was completely unaware of, completely unaware. And she was getting angry because she didn't know what was happening, and I was like, I sent it to you. You had it. Here's where it is. You know, it goes out to everybody as soon as I send it. It was right here. So that only has to happen once before they realize that they need to start, that, you know, you're sending important things home. And we do the same thing for our, um, our we call it the Rocket Review. You have your Bacon Weekly. Right. That we send home to the parents every week. We don't send home paper copies of things. We're a green school. So the only the people who don't have internet access at home, we and it's probably only like eight families that we send them mm -hmm. home to, or that they prefer the paper. But we let right. them know that we send a lot of important information home in that every week, and that if we send it home, we expect that it's read by you. Right. So you can't come back and say you didn't know because it was in there for you know three weeks in a row. So you just you have to you have to put your trust in them, and you have to put that expectation out that. I'm sending this to you. I expect that you will read it because if not, you'll lose that time and I'll sit here and I'll read it to you so that I make sure you're getting the information. And nobody wants well, and I, I Yeah, and I don't think they want that either. But I think, um, you know, one of the things that I would recommend uh, when, you're, when you're looking into that nuts and bolts of that, especially if you're, you're operating more from a connected leader, mm -hmm. you know, uh, perspective, and one of the things that I'm going to work on um, this year is establishing norms. Okay, yeah. so right, so the norms here are that you are going to check your email because I do send emails, but I send emails to make sure that you know information is going on. I try to really seek to be, you know, as transparent as possible. I send out a weekly reminder every week when the Bacon Weekly is updated, which has our schedule and, you know, different events and things like that on there that we want the public to know. And then anything specific that I might not include on that would be in the email. Right. Um, but then, yeah, like you said, like just establishing the, the fact of like, you know, if I were to, you know, front load like I did in August, now granted, I understand they're not on the clock yet, um, but there's no reason why, um, you know, during that first day, you know, that they get started, you know, when they spend time in the afternoon, that it, it will be there. Yes, there may be a lot of emails that are there, um, but what I'll explain is, you know, Calendar invites are to be looked at as, uh, you know, a way to keep you uh, more organized and have that information right into your calendar. Whether or not you use a smartphone or not, anytime you log into your email, it'll be there. So, you know, I, I just, there's a couple things that I need to go over with that as well. Um, I love the idea of throwing time back to them and symbolically giving them back time because we often take time, take things um, away from them and add more responsibility. So one of the things that I'm going to go over in my first staff meeting is like, what is this genius hour and what is that all about? And basically that to me, that's giving them four, you know, staff meetings throughout the year where they can basically do whatever they want. Yeah. You know, and try to solve a problem or work collaboratively on something, um, you know, and then at the end report out. Now that ties into our teacher evaluation system where it's like, okay, so there's a lot of people will say, well, I don't, I don't have any uh, leadership responsibilities here. You know, there, a lot of these positions are already taken up. Right. So the, the, the beauty of a genius hour is like, okay, well then you've got, you, you were given four staff meetings, 45 minutes each to do with it whatever you wanted to do. 
Nice. So if you created something new or you presented something um, that you learn to the staff, then that is a uh, opportunity to uh, show your leadership. Yes, yes, that's a great. I I can't wait to hear how yours worked because I started the twenty time thing um, at the end, not the end, like halfway through the school year last year, and I gave them one staff meeting a month. And I think it was. I think it might have just been too much for us. Mm -hmm. You know, it. I think it just got thrown under that. So I'm I'm taking it out for this year, but. I might. Um, I, I definitely want to use it, and I think that it's it's a good thing, um, a good thing to add in there. So I'm interested to hear how that goes for you. Um, one of the things that we had are that I had do. So the, I had three days of professional development with my teachers in our own building, and the first day, you know, we did our main staff meeting, and then they met in small groups. The second day, they spent a lot of time in their classrooms because we had a lot of people gone that day for whatever reason. And they had told me ahead of time, but a lot of, you know, mentoring groups and then and then working with in their classrooms. But yesterday, I had them do two hours of peer um, presenting, and I had two of my teachers, a, a middle school teacher and an elementary school teacher, uh, present on how they use Edmodo in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And then they also did... And then they did a vocabulary activity um, because vocabulary is a very big thing in our school, pre-K through eight. It's a grade. I mean, on the right on the report card, even through eighth grade is vocabulary. And so we did a couple of vocab activities, and then one of my teachers showed Class Dojo, and she had been using it. Our elementary had used it last year kind of as a pilot, and the middle school teachers decided they wanted to use it, so they kind of spent the time putting together like a plan what this would look like. And I left. I left the room mostly because we had something else that was that needed my attention going on, but it was nice to have them in there all working together and showing. It's always good to have your teachers showing something that they that's cool do well, but they enjoyed it because then you know they they moved the conversation and I really had just she I didn't ask her to show class dojo she did. And then they all kind of caught on, and I said, you know, I really never thought that the middle school would want to use this program. Never. Never. But they were like, I think it would be great if we can tie it into a reward system. And so, it, you know, it was something that I wouldn't have come up with. And I think, you know, with our, our teachers are so, are so well prepared and so um, they're so good at what they do that sometimes we have to let them lead that conversation because yeah. I would, it would have never gone there if I was in that room. I think um, one of the things, you know, so if we're looking at, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of it, so we've gotten past the, you know, the icebreaker, we've gone uh, to, you know, how do you, you know, get the information out there, and everyone's going to do it a little bit differently, and there is going to be some things that you have to review, but I think what we're suggesting is to continue, um, you know, to empower the staff and set your norms, and then obviously you're going to spend some time, you know, in collaborating. Um, there's a couple of, you know, of course, uh, district initiatives that we uh, are responsible for. So I know that the first day uh, after my staff meeting, um, then we have, you know, s some different trainings that are going to happen. Um, and then there's going to be classroom setup time. One of the things that I want to do and I want it to just be more organic, though, is like towards the end of the day, after people have had some time, uh, kind of like what you had just mentioned, but um, like almost make it like a smackdown, you know, like where we could all, like, and it would just be voluntary if people wanted to get, you know, 
into a into a room and almost go through one of those you know um, app smackdowns or you know learning smackdowns um, to kind of share uh, with each other some different things that they're going to utilize uh, this year um, because I think when you look at you know garnering interest through collaboration uh, there's got to be some exposure to new things right. you know and I think technology can really enhance that it can and in a building in a building where you don't have grade level teams where where you might because there are a lot of a lot of people only have you know maybe one classroom or maybe two it's really important for them to get that cross time to talk to somebody else because no matter what you know the activity that you're using in seventh grade can be pared down for second grade or vice versa so right. they're all coming from different backgrounds different student teaching environments they all have different ideas it's so important to give them that time to share that because you never know what could I mean look at you know the first part of the last podcast that we did where you just talked you were talking about how you're gonna do the interviews into the first part of the the staff meet, you know, the district staff meeting, and then it stemmed into student podcasts, and then it stemmed into the first day of school. And it's, I mean, it that's what happens. You give them yeah. that seed, and they go. And and that's the that's the idea that you want them to to do as well, you know. And um, even if you're just, um, you know, if you're if you're just sharing or you're just lurking and learning, it doesn't, you know, it really doesn't matter, you know. Um, that's what we, you know, fashioned our Tech Fridays all about. Like, you know, you come and you can just, you know, learn as much as you want or you can share or, you know, you don't always have to, um, you know, you certainly don't always have to do uh, a presentation. Um, you know, one of the things that, and I don't know how much that I will get into this too in the first staff meeting um, is... Uh, Alan November has a really cool thing out there about the first five days of school, oh. and um, so I can I can tweet that out. But if you go to November Learning, okay. um, and then you just look up uh, first five days of school, um, it's basically just you know setting the stage for engaging in in global learning. So they have these these quick you know, videos on, you know, how different people are utilizing, you know, the first five days of school. So once again, another resource, um, you know, that could be out there on, on how, like, if you wanted to split uh, teams up into uh, grade levels or, you know, or vertical articulation, you know, it's great to just, um, you know, give them a resource and say, okay, well, so then if you want to plan out something, how, you know, what are you going to do the first five days of school, you know, and, you um, these are some some really helpful uh, hints that you know they they um, and and I I'm a big fan of Alan November that you know that you can just you know simply uh, work together to plan that out in your own sort of way. I like that a lot. I wish I would have I wish I would have had that resource like two days ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I still had my teachers, but. Um, you know, hopefully that's helpful for somebody at this point still because I know a lot of people don't start until after Labor Day, so they're probably not having. I'll try to get this out today or tomorrow so that okay, um, so that people can can really have those resources uh, for for planning their staff meetings for next week because I know a lot of people still haven't gone back yet. Uh, in the show notes, there are going to be a ton of resources. There's going to be um, first staff meeting ideas, including that pass the buck poem that Spike had read earlier. 
notes to prepare for their first staff meeting, some icebreakers, examples of agendas, some tools on different personalities, and how to manage, you know, different, we talked a little bit about that in the icebreaker segment of the last one, how to manage different personalities during these, and then some great YouTube clips. I used the one yesterday, the Kid President one, the pep talk for students and teachers. Nice. It's always a hit, always. And and I showed it at the end of the year last year because I I found it. But even the teachers who saw it at the end of the year last year loved it again. But there's a lot of Jess has included a ton of really cute YouTube clips. Some for Dr. Uh, Josie and Filippo had put some together. Jess has some that she uses for her staff meetings, and then some called the Fun Theory, uh, Kids Snippets, When I Become a Teacher, and then the ever popular Principal Meltdown, which if you've never oh, seen, oh yeah yeah uh, yeah. Because there are some days that it, it just feels like that, and the smallest, dumbest thing will set you off. But if you watch that, it's just, it's hysterical. Yeah, and also in the show notes, we're going to put in, um, you know, of course, with the flip staff meeting, one of the, um, you know, leading, you know, resources in this area, is, and we've had him on the show before, is uh, Peter DeWitt, yeah. um, who actually has a book coming out uh, on flip staff. Uh, staff meetings through Corwin's Connected Educator series, but he did. He's done several blog posts on you know through his ed, Education Week, um, uh, art, you know articles and blog posts that he does. Uh, so there's a lot of resources in there as well because I think if you want to you know that's a great way you know to try some different things, especially you know in the beginning of the year, um, you know when you're looking at that that first staff meeting. You know, and you could even, you know, you could even record yourself doing a two or three minute flip meeting, but show it with everybody and just kind of explain once again, getting to those norms. Why would I do this? You know, what is the purpose? How does this connect to to learning? And basically, what you're trying to do, in my opinion, with the flip learning, is you're accomplishing a couple things. One, you're trying to get information out that normally you wouldn't want to take up time in a valuable time when everybody's in the same space. Second thing, I think, is that you're trying to model, you know, um, you know, digital leadership, where you're utilizing tools that are free that you can use to. Um, you know, once again, make your your time and your emphasis, you know, in a way that's going to maximize um, their their time and their resources. And then the third thing is sh showing how easy it is that you can then it all should go back to how could I use this in the classroom? You know, Absolutely. and that's that's if I think if you can, um, you know, work work in that in that avenue then there's no reason why you couldn't you know record a two or three minute screener <clears throat> and then show that in the first staff meeting and then kind of say that these are the things that you're gonna expect to uh, people to watch as we we move forward and I think like you said Teresa the more things that you can um, do to provide time for staff to to do the things that you're looking to do the the better the results are going to be. As long as you can bring it back to how it either benefits them or supports learning, they will be behind you, no matter what. If you if you say, you know what, I'm sending this out so that you know we don't have to sit in the staff meeting and I'm regurgitating dates for you. And now instead of doing this, you can spend this time you know, and even even with the dates, like you're saying, with the calendar invites, that's a great idea. I never did it before, but that's a fantastic idea. It's just sending out an invite 
for the date. We have them on our school calendar anyway, so just invite the teachers and then it's on their calendar. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Great, great ideas. And like we said, there's a ton of information in the blog post that um, for the, the show notes just provided us with a ton of information. So be sure to check it out at principalpln.com. And I think it's possible that as of the airing of this show, uh, we could be up live on uh, the YouTube or the iTunes link should be live yeah. for the podcast. So we'll get that in there too. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. I, I, we tried to record this early. Um, I'm sorry about the banging in the background. Oh, I didn't hear that. You didn't hear it? Oh, okay. I certainly did. Um, <laughs> so uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, Teresa is at um, Principal – oh, my goodness. Principal, Principal Stagger. That's what I thought. Principal Stagger. Uh, Jessica is at Principal J, and I'm at Dr. Spike Cook. Uh, our um, Twitter handle for the show is at Principal PLN. And once again, always follow the hashtag to connect, share ideas and resources, and then also give us ideas, and that's hashtag PrincipalPLN. We thank you for uh, listening today. Uh, our fourth episode will be a continuation of this when we're looking in a little bit different area as we look at, okay, so now that you have your staff meetings out of the way, you know, what's next? It's always about what's next. <laughs> <laughs> So with that, good luck on your first uh, your first weeks of school. Spike, have a great vacation before you come back to work. And um, have a great week, everybody. Thanks. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com B-E.